Thanks for listening to Hit Subscribe. I'm your host, Scotty from Recharge. On this episode, we're so excited to be chatting with Pratik Rajel, COO of Nepal Tea Collective, a social enterprise that distributes certified organic teas from Nepal, while also uplifting the livelihoods of their farmers and empowering their second generations through educational scholarships. We chatted with Pratik about the family history of the company and the transformative growth on the surrounding community One Tree Bush had. You gotta hear this story. I absolutely love it. And it goes back generations. Pratik also shares with us the immersive experience they provide their customers through QR codes that let consumers know the stories and people behind their tea purchase once it gets to their teacup. Lastly, Pratik tells us about their social change initiative, the Nepal Tea Foundation, which gives back to their community of farmers through education, empowerment, and impact. There's a lot to get to, so let's jump right to the conversation. Pratik, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me over, Scotty. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Nepal Tea Collective? Got it. Yeah, I'm Pratik Rajal. I'm the third generation tea producer from Nepal. Um, Nepal Tea Collective, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Nepal Tea Collective. So I handle everything related to operations and wholesale side of things. Um, Nepal Tea Collective brings in teas directly from the uh, tea farmers out in Nepal and then distributes it out here in the U.S. Could you share with us this great story that you told me last time about the Nepal Tea Collective? I think you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, so to get into the story of Nepal Tea Collective, we need to go a uh, few decades uh, before. Um, so Nepal Tea, uh, this is the story of a 15-year-old kid, and then this takes place out in 1960s. Uh, so this 15-year-old kid gets a chance to visit Sikkim, which is in India. So on his way from uh, Sikkim to uh, our eastern part of Nepal, he gets a chance to visit Darjeeling. Uh, Darjeeling at that time uh, was massively producing tea. So there were like tea gardens all over the place. So this 15-year-old kid so sees that with the help of tea, the community out there, they had a good quality of life. They had infrastructures like um, electricity, good drinking water, and then he saw that children were going to schools. So at that moment, he reflected uh, back to his village, right? So when reflecting back, he saw that his village didn't have any electricity at that time, no transportation, nothing. So he goes back to his village. And at this time, um, it was panchayat call in Nepali. So what that means is like elderly in the villages um, made decision about the community and everything. So he pitches this idea of starting a tea garden uh, out in his community. And then the villagers uh, laughs at this 15 year old kid uh, telling him that these are only grown in India and business is only done by British people. So not losing hope, uh, this 15 year old kid goes back to his house and then on his backyard, he plants few tea bushes. A typical tea bush uh, takes about four years to mature. Um, so once after four years, when the tea leaves were like finally uh, maturing, the tea farmers, everybody were in awe and then were like, okay, let's start a tea garden. So uh, at that time in 1980s, um, there were, hundred farmers who pooled their unused lands uh, to, start their, uh, to start the first organic tea garden uh, in Nepal. So that 15 year old kid uh, is my grandfather and uh, the person who helped to plant the tea bush is my grandmother. So when he, 
now looking back at it 40 years later, what we can see that the community has transformed so much. There's education for children. Uh, there are good infrastructure, roads and everything. And then with the help of the legacy tea garden out there, what we do is we provide all of our farmers with uh, free housing and accommodation. At the same time, we provide their children with scholarship programs. Up until now, we have about 2,400 kids that have passed through our scholarship umbrella to pursue education, right? So it is just amazing to see what this single leaf has done to the community in Eastern part of Nepal. Um, now, fast forward 2016, um, <laughs> uh, my uncle, who is the second generation, um, he went back to Nepal. He, uh, he came to the U.S. out in 2011, I believe. And then he came here to be a CPA, right? And then he always says this, that four years of liberal arts college <laughs> killed the CPA in him. Uh, just because during that time, it was a very small school. So he had to come up with opportunities to make things happen. So uh, during his school days, uh, what he did was he used to take uh, people out to uh, Nepal to do some social impact projects, and then he really loved it. Uh, in 2015, uh, Nepal was struck with a 7.8 magnitude earthquake. So what happened during that time was he got to see the reality uh, of what was happening on the ground itself. Uh, he went to the eastern part where the tea garden is, and then he saw how the life lives of the tea farmers were impacted by the earthquake, as well as like big shipments that were about to go out to Europe were shocked just because of the political unrest out there. And then to take matters into his own hands, he started the first uh, tea bar out in Nepal, uh, just to get into the tea industry and immerse himself into the tea industry, learn about it. Um, once he did that, he got all the education and the knowledge that was needed. And then he realized that the wholesalers, they were buying these teas at a lowest price possible and then selling it at a premium price out here. So he believed that this was not fair. So he started Nepal Tea Collective out in the U.S. in 2016, where we bring teas directly from these producers and we distribute out here uh, to all of our consumers. I remember you sharing uh, in our pre-call, the farmers are earning the farmers were earning less than two dollars a day, while the middlemen are just making millions off their their hard work. Yes, it is crazy to think that farmers who put in all the hard work, yeah, and then the care that goes into maturing that tea leaves, yep, they are earning less than two dollars a day, and then that's just not fair for these farmers. So what we do is we reinvest 1% of the top line profit uh, back to the farmers so that they can get uh, they can get education on how to do organic farming for organic certification fees because organic certification fees are just so expensive right and then with our expertise on this for like of 40 years we really have been able to help these farmers so now let's bring it all around. Uh, that was your uncle. That's the second generation. Now let's go to the third generation yourself, where you ended up at Wall Street. Can you tell us about your journey to Nepal Tea Collective? Yeah, it's very interesting. I came in 2014 uh, to the U.S. to pursue my bachelor's degree in finance. Uh, my dream had always been to wear a suit and tie, <laughs> have a, a cup of coffee in my hand and a newspaper, and then go to work. Um, when I came to the college, I knew what I wanted to achieve in life. 
So it was internship, working at a good bank, right? So I did everything that a, a person would do to achieve those dreams. So in my sophomore year of college, I started working full-time for a bank. And then it was just amazing right before uh, graduation, like I landed a good job in like the securities industry. So that was awesome. So at that time, I think, uh, I don't know if age plays a massive role, but in my mid twenties, what I was realizing was, yes, I'm making a decent living out from the finance industry, but am I making any impact? Mm -hmm. So I really that really bothered me. And then I was always looking for opportunity where I can have an impact to the community and then see the results right before my eyes. So at that time, Nishal was, uh, this is 2021, Nishal was looking for someone um, with whom he can work to expand the business. And then for me, since 2016, I was passively involved in the tea industry. I was helping Nishal with tea fairs and then when I was talking to these clients and then the consumers, right, it all came natural to me. Like I was talking about the tea garden where I've been. And then I was talking about my family's uh, tea garden. So it was just so natural. So I decided maybe this is the perfect opportunity where I'm having a real impact to the farmers out in Nepal. And then for the consumers, I'm bringing them teas directly from the tea garden, the freshest teas, right? So. I decided to quit my job. Um, and then there's a story to it. The day I decided that I'm going to quit my job, uh, my manager promoted me. <laughs> so it was an awkward conversation for sure. But at the same time, uh, I, was, uh, I was ready to uh, leave the finance industry behind and then get into something that's more impactful. Um, yeah, that's my story. Well, let's even go back. Uh... Tell me what your birthday is. <laughs> this is a hilarious coincidence. What's, what's on your birthday? Yeah. So basically, after being in the industry for about three months, I realized that I was born on International Tea Day, which is May 21st, and then it's upcoming. So it was just, I believe I was born into the culture of tea, but at the same time, like I think being in the tea industry was meant to be for me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you You quoted your grandfather who said, it's very easy to get into the industry. It's very difficult to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, everyone. So uh, in my family, uh, we have uh, three of my aunts are in the industry itself. And then uh, one of my uncles, right? I'm the first one from the third generation side of things who joined the industry. So every time someone joins the industry, my grandfather always says that. And then I believe what he means is you are impacting so many farmers and then so many lives that, yes, it's easy to get into the industry because you can see you are making a real impact. But when you get out of it, have you ever thought about what happens to those farmers? Because now, after working here for like, after being actively involved for like a year, I can't imagine the impact that I've made out there, right? And then when I leave it, when I'm like off to like another industry, I can't imagine what my farmer's uh, life would look like. Yeah. So it's very difficult. And then I'm finally deciphering what he's saying. And then yep. it's just very interesting. Speaking of that, um, seeing the farmers, connecting them, I'd love to talk about one of my favorite things that you guys are doing is these QR codes you are supplying. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so... On every packaging, what we have is a small QR code. And when you scan it, 
you can see the journey of the tea, the days the tea leaves were plucked, right? The elevation of the tea garden, the varieties, uh, varieties of tea bushes that's, uh, that are in the tea garden. And then uh, the date it was imported, the date it was processed and each and every details. On the same side, because it is all data, we wanted to humanize the process. So what you can see is the faces of the farmers who made your tea possible, right? So that, that, so you can see every the journey of tea from the day it was plucked to the day it reaches your cup. Uh, there is a background story on why that started as well. So I'm going to take you back to 2017. So during 2017, what we did was uh, immersive tea tours. So every year what we do is we take people from here and then we take them back to our farm and then we ask them to pay us so that they can work for us like a farmer for a week. Love so, it. Uh, so we took these people and then it was just amazing to see um, how much they loved getting that immersive experience. And our tea tours are very different. Like you go to the tea garden and then you can actually do anything you want. Uh, there's no restrictions, right? So we had a group of four or five people at that time in 2017 and then uh, four of them uh, wanted to learn the technical side of things and then we had one um, uh, customer named Tracy who is a chef in Napa Valley so she just wanted to roam around the garden so they were doing their tea tasting and all those things and then after the tea tasting completed they were looking for Tracy and then Tracy was nowhere to be found right it's a huge tea garden so literally when it goes to the kitchen and then he sees this amazing scene where Tracy is sitting down on the floor, she's rolling a bread and then she's handing that to our um, cook Pushpa and then Pushpa is putting it out in the tandoor and then they are making a dinner for the whole, uh, uh, whole uh, all the people out in the tea garden and Pushpa, now Pushpa does not speak English at all Mm -hmm. Tracy does not speak Nepali at all. Mm -hmm. They were communicating in like sign language, giggling, and then they were just enjoying themselves, right? So the moment Tracy was about to head back, uh, they were crying their eyes out. And then uh -huh. uh, Tracy, uh, she handed her bangles to Pushpa. And then Pushpa, our farmer who does not have anything to give back, she handed her clip, hair clip uh, to Tracy. And then at that moment, we realized, okay, we are onto something and then yeah. everyone can't uh, afford to go out there to our tea garden to get that immersive experience. Maybe having a QR code on back of the packaging, it's gonna help you know where the tea is coming from, who the people are behind making these teas. So that's why we implemented uh, the QR code. And now every time Tracy sips a cup of tea, she's gonna remember Pushpa, Mm -hmm. And every time Pushpa is helping out to make these amazing teas, now she knows who her customers are, right? So it is just amazing um, to see what we can do via giving them that experience. And then that's the reason why we have the QR code, just so that people can appreciate what they are drinking. We talk so much about community here, Recharge, you know, community of customers, but I think that is so 
cool and so immersive to do not just your community of customers, but your community of customers, distributors, farmers, connecting them all together. You even talked about, I'd love you to share, because that's uh, the customers seeing the farmers. But you talked yeah. about last year starting these virtual taste testings and what yes. one of your farmers said about that. I thought that was just so yeah. fascinating, bewildering, like remarkable. Yeah, so last year uh, we were trying to revamp our subscription side of things. So what we did was, uh, so uh, up until 2021, we were working with our family farm, bringing teas from there. So starting uh, September of 2021, we included, we were bringing teas from uh, three different farms. So what we wanted to do was give customers much more than just tea. Right, because there are a lot of tea subscription companies uh, out in the US, but we wanted to give uh, experience. So every month what we do is we have a virtual tea tasting sessions where we bring in a producer of a specific tea and then we connect them with like consumers. And then they can just, the consumers can ask anything, the story of the producer, how they got into the tea industry, or they can go into technicality of uh, how to brew the teas or like what are the notes that we are getting so after the completion of our first virtual tea tasting session, um, Sarad, uh, who, who was a tea plucker and now is a tea maker, um, he said that I've been producing teas for almost 30 years now. Never had I had a chance to know who my customers were. Thank you guys for giving me a platform to connect with them. And then that was the most heartwarming conversation that I've had. And that is what keeps me going to do more and then to keep connecting these people with our producer farmers. I just think that's such a cool story. Yeah, I remember you saying, just, just to think of working for 30 years and never seeing the faces of your customers, you know, just shipping it out and never seeing their faces wild. Exactly, and then I believe most of the tea gardens, uh, it works in the same way where the tea makers uh, never get a chance to know who their customers are. If it's a local market, maybe, but international market, not at all. And uh, most of the teas that are produced in Nepal are exported. So these tea makers never have an opportunity to have that connection. Yeah. You mentioned it a bit before there, uh, subscriptions. I know it started before you officially joined, but could you tell us a little bit about the evolution of your subscription program? Yeah, uh, shout out to Sushvik who started the idea of subscription back in 2016. Um, so at that point, from what I remember, we had like three variant um, and then we used, to, and then it was based on like three personas of customers and then cost, customers could choose what their persona were. And then we would, uh, send MTs based on that. And then we were using a completely different uh, subscription platform at that time. And um, it wasn't that great at all. <laughs> so when I joined uh, in 2021, we were revamping most of the stuff, um, uh, the existing stuff. So we thought we, were, we are adding three different forms. So now we will have much more different varieties because up until then, we had 14 different teas in our collection, and then we were just rotating these, those teas and then sending it out to our customers for the subscription. Now, what we have done and what these farmers have made it possible is we asked them to make a small invoice of just uh, five kilos, which is uh, almost 10 pounds. 
And then they send us uh, four farms, uh, send us six different teas. Uh, so that's 24. So now customers can experience different teas every month from the same origin, but different parts of Nepal. So that's how we started, revamped our new subscription. Um, and then, yeah, Recharge has been a great platform for us to do so because it is the powerhouse of all the subscription apps that I'm going to say because the user interface that Recharge has, it's very user-friendly on the customer side as well as the merchant side. We are able to see all the analytics, all the data that is needed to make an informed decision. At the same time, customers are able to use the platform to, if they want to skip an order, they can do it on their own and then all those things. And then there's also this thing where it's asks for like reason for cancellation, right? And then if they are like, I have too many teas, if they say that, we can just skip it rather than canceling the whole subscription. So it's just that Recharge has integration with all of these other amazing platforms like KView and all those things, which makes it possible for a small company like us to just have everything streamlined. Oh, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, those win-back flows are great too. Instead of canceling outright, yeah, sometimes people just have too much product, so just skip. Exactly. Uh, I have had so many customers who uh, just email me and then like, Pratik, I have too many things. Can we cancel the subscription? And then I can actually say to them that, okay, uh, you have an option to actually pause the subscription for a while before starting it out again. We've seen great success with that. I know sometimes it seems scary to offer that to your customers. You could skip uh -huh. this, you could pause, but... The proof is in the data. They stay longer, increases their LTV. So yeah, I'm glad that that's working for you guys. I really want to focus on um, one of our last topics here. You mentioned it off the top, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Nepal Tea Foundation. Specifically, you talked about, I just love this quote. Um, let me pull it up here. Education is so important. We've seen education change generations. So could you tell us a little bit about the Nepal Tea Foundation? Yeah, uh, and then I'm definitely going to touch on the education side of things before I dive into the Nepal Tea Foundation. Uh, me talking to you here right now, um, it was only possible because of the single plant, Camellia sinensis. If my grandfather hadn't started a tea garden back then, my mother would not have an opportunity to educate herself and then know the value of education and then give me that life where I could pursue education out in the US. So education is very important. I am the third generation of a tea farmer, so I know that better than anyone. Um, so when we started the tea garden, when my grandfather started the tea garden, he always had the mission and then the values was to empower our farmers, provide the next generation with the opportunity that previous generations did not have. With the same mission and value, what I always want to say is we are not a typical tea retailer or a wholesaler. We believe that tea has the capability to change the world and is a social, uh, is a catalyst for social change. So we started Nepal Tea. All of our social impact project up until 2019 was done through our legacy tea farm. Uh, in 2019, we started Nepal Tea Foundation just to streamline and make it more efficient so that we have an entity out in the U.S. itself. So. What we do is there's three major parts. It's education, empowerment, and impact. On the education side of things, um, we have few different projects. So up until now, we were just giving scholarships to tea farmers' children. Now, uh, what we have made possible is you can sponsor a kid for $11 a month. 
So you can sponsor their education, extracurriculars, books, materials, and then it's like just like adopting a child virtually for their education, right? Um, and then we also partnered with one of our clients in the UK um, and then raised about $10,000 to build a school out in uh, our tea garden itself. Um, on the other side, we have empowerment. Um, so few uh, projects that have been really successful for us is the Cowbank project. So with the help of Cowbank project, what we do is we donate a cow to a tea farmer so that they can uh, get milk out of it and then sell different kinds of dairy products in one condition. And then the condition is that you got to return the, uh, you got to give the calf to somebody else once uh, there is a calf to uh, be wow. yeah. So it's very sustainable so that like everyone gets an opportunity to have a cow and then get that additional income out of it. Out of it. Also, all of our far full-time farmers, they receive free housing. And then we have a cooperative that uh, buys uh, basic necessities like oil, salt, rice, everything in bulk. And then we distribute it out to our farmers in a subsidized price. And then the impact side of uh, project that we recently launched in uh, launched after COVID hit was the Farmers Emergency Fund. So Eastern part of Nepal, if you need to go to a hospital where our tea garden is, uh, it takes you a while to get to the hospital. There are small clinics uh, 30 minutes down the road, but going to a big hospital, it's just uh, along of a walk. So what we established was a farmer's emergency fund to cover all the medical expenses if somebody contracts COVID. And at the same time, uh, if there's someone who has COVID and then they are not able to work, uh, we reimburse their daily wage so that they do not lose any income. So those are a few things that we do uh, from our foundation. And then right now we have about five amazing people uh, who are working to make the foundation better every day and working towards impacting these farmers, producers, and kids out in Nepal. All of that is just so wonderful. I just love hearing about it. I'm going to throw you a curveball for our last question. I don't think I prepped you on this, but we ask every single guest, and that is, uh, what physical products do you yourself subscribe to? Do you have anything coming to your door aside from Nepal Tea Collective um, on the regular? Um, I do have Harry's Razor yep. uh, that I subscribe to. Um, and then uh, coffee. Oh, uh, of like, course. <laughs> yeah, even though I'm a tea guy, like I need that uh, morning cup of coffee always. Uh, that... And then I do subscribe to other tea companies <laughs> uh, just to receive, because uh, the more you try, uh, the more your palate grows. So I love trying new tea. So I do subscribe to various other tea companies just to see what they are doing and then how their teas are. <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, Pratik, thank you so much for joining us on Hit Subscribe. And we wish you and uh, the Nepal Tea Collective the best of luck uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. And then thank you for inviting me over. Much appreciated. We want to thank Pratik once again for joining us. If you're interested in Nepal Tea Collective, you can head over to nepalteacollective.com. And if you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. Mm -hmm.